welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. So today is episode 80 of the Excel Still More podcast. We started on January the 24th, and we're nearing the end of season one. There will be two more episodes after this one going through the end of October, and then we will be taking off the months of November and December. And then the plan is to launch season two on Thursday, January the 2nd of 2020. I want to thank you for all of your support this year. As we get near the end of this season, just a couple of things. If you've enjoyed the program this holiday season, when you see friends and family, maybe spread the word. Tell them about it. If you would like some cards to hand out to tell people about the program, just reach out to me and I'll send them to you. You can find me on the Excel Still More Facebook page, or you can email me at emersonk78 at me.com. Also remember that the website, excelstillmore.life, will stay active throughout the year. If you're interested in looking up old episodes, you can find them there. And if you'd like to support the program in a way that helps us cover our expenses and advertise, you're always welcome to purchase an Excel Still More journal through the website. I really think it will be a benefit to you. I've been using mine every single day since probably mid-February, and it's become pivotal in planning growth every day. Well, here's the deal. As we get to the end of this season, as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, I want to cycle back full circle to some of our early on ideas. In particular today, we're going to talk about your relationship with others. We've tried really hard to focus periodically in this series on how to build stronger relationships with the people around you. If you want to excel in your faith, in your accomplishments, and have greater peace, then you cannot have turmoil with the people in and around your life. Way back in the early days, in episode three, we talked about always speak last, which can help nurture better relationships. We did an episode on zipping the jacket, which is a way to start finding harmony in relationships where there is division. We did an episode on conflict resolution and looked at a biblical example from Genesis. Just the other day, and I really hope you check this one out because it's one of my favorites, we had an episode entitled Conversing with Balloons as a visual way of representing what it feels like and looks like to interact with someone else. This is just really important. I was studying last night in the book of James, and it talked about if you want to reap the fruit of righteousness, you must sow for peace into all of your relationships. And of course, the idea of building a better life through building better relationships is something that's in the Bible from the very beginning. Jesus, in the early part of his ministry, pretty much boiled life down to two things, love God and love your neighbor. And we need to know how to love our neighbors better, even when one or both of us aren't being all that neighborly. Hopefully, our discussion today will be helpful as we talk about a razor, a philosophical razor, which by definition is a rule of thumb that allows one to eliminate or shave off 
unlikely explanations. That's why they're called razors, because they shave off or cut away a whole lot of unlikely probabilities and unnecessary conclusions and really just boil down to a simplicity that applies in most cases. For instance, the most popular one known in the American culture is called Occam's razor, which basically says the simplest solution is almost always the best. It was worded differently originally in the 14th century, but that's the basic principle. Don't complicate the simple. Don't multiply variables. The simplest answer is probably the right one. Maybe you've heard of that. Well, I have another one for you today, one that we have been quoting and referencing and using in our house for like the last month. I read about this a month ago. A friend of mine shared it on social media, and I've been thinking about it and talking about it, and I think it's helpful to my family. And honestly, I've had a couple of episodes in the last few weeks with people, and while I didn't quote this razor to them, I sure enough thought about it and it helped me handle them in a better way. I think I am excelling in handling situations based on the usage of this principle, and that's why we're passing it on to you. Are you ready? Here it is. Hanlon's razor. Never attribute to malice that which is more easily explained by stupidity. I think a better way of applying that, since stupidity has some negative connotation that's not intended here, would be to say it this way. And this is the way I've used it in my family. Never attribute to malice what can more easily be explained by ignorance. I think that's a better word. Because we're not insulting anyone. We're just saying they weren't thinking. Or they weren't thinking about me. Or it wasn't about me. Or I shouldn't take it personal. Are you that kind of person? Are you the kind of person who takes things personal first without even considering whether or not it's about you? I think we all fall into that trap sometimes. We attribute things we hear or see that we don't like to personal attacks and malice. You and I must stop doing that. Firstly, that is not God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life is not when somebody next to you says something unkind to you that clearly it's World War III. That is not God's plan for you. Or when you hear somebody reference someone in their life that has done something that they don't like, you instantly think, it's me, they're mad at me. That is not God's plan for your life. Attributing everything that happens is malice, is a fool's game, number one, because that is not the way God wants us to live. And also, guess what? It's almost never about you anyway. Have you discovered that? When people say something unkind, even if it's to you, isn't it usually them dealing with some problem or anxiety, or maybe they just don't understand? They speak things they don't understand. I listened to a sermon the other day by a man who vehemently disagrees with my position on baptism. And he titled his sermon, The Number One Lie That Christians Are Told. He just called me a liar. And in the early stages of the lesson, was a little um, flippant about that. But I did not get my feelings hurt. He doesn't even know me. It's not malice towards me. He just doesn't understand. 
He's ignorant of the truth. Bias has captured his heart. I'm not mad at the guy. I feel sorry for the guy. Hanlon's razor says, there is a much more likely explanation for why this person is behaving this way that you should be thinking about before you consider it a personal slight. The number one example of this is when you get cut off on the road. We did an episode way back, like February or March, called Metal Me Bubbles. We get in our me bubble, we close the door, we start driving down the highway. Everything everybody does is about me. It either infringes on my rights, attacks my right of way, or in some way needs to change to accommodate me. Well, everybody else is in their own Metal Me Bubble. Do you realize that? The guy next to you? He's not thinking about you no more than you're thinking about him. And so a guy cuts you off. Well, it may have been stupid. He may be ignorant. Chances are he's caught up in his own world, thinking about his own stuff, and maybe never even saw you. But what do we as drivers sometimes do? We consider it an attack. A slight against our, I don't know, manhood or something. Now we've got to ride their tailgate or honk at them or zoom around them, teach them a lesson. They're in the car going, who's that guy? Now, if you're doing that because you genuinely want to raise their awareness, well, you'll probably do it a little bit differently. But if you're doing it because you feel slighted, then you need to memorize Hanlon's razor. It is much more likely that they're acting in ignorance, perhaps even stupidity. It's not about you. Now, as I was preparing to share this with you and some examples, I realized that there is some explanation needed so that it won't sound like a contradictory lesson to one we shared some time ago. Remember when we talked about, is it me? The story of Ignez Semmelweis killing patients because he wouldn't wash his own hands? Remember that? It sounds contradictory, right? I thought I'm supposed to consider if it's me, and now you're saying it's probably not about me. Which is it? Well, here is the distinction I need you to make today. In the episode, Is It Me?, we were dealing with situations where we know there's a problem. There were ladies dying in that hospital. There was a problem that needed a solution. And all throughout that episode, we talked about if you have a troubled marriage, there is a real problem there. And instead of blaming the other person or discounting it all as irrelevant, you need to start by looking to yourself. There's no doubt about it. You are a part of the problem. It may be a tiny part, but you are, and you've got to decide what can I do to fix it. But this is different to me. My application of Hanlon's razor is when there is no problem. It's not like we got a big problem, you and me. It's just that you said something I didn't like, or you changed lanes when I didn't want you to, or you said something kind of ugly the other day. Instead of assuming that there is a problem, assume that there is not a problem. Assume that they're not mad at you. It's not based on months of anger welling up in them. It's just something that happened. They probably weren't even thinking. Now, to harmonize that with the Is It Me episode, if you determine that, yes, there is a problem, we do have a conflict, now you got to look to yourself and try to determine your part in it. So you still don't want to sit there and seethe in the perceived malice against you. But more often than not, you want to know what a peaceful life is like in God? 
more often than not, the things that people do are not conflict things. They're just things. It's just stuff that happens. Why do I have to take every stare as a stare down? Why do I have to take every wayward word as a warning shot? They usually aren't. Let me give you an example that hits home in my life, and maybe some people from the Lindell Church will listen to this today. There are times on Sunday mornings when I'm a headless chicken, let me tell you. I'm running around gathering up information, making sure everybody's got the copies that they need, trying to get my mind right for teaching, can never find my microphone, and so on. And so you know what I do sometimes? I walk right by someone who is sitting in a pew, measuring the value of their life by whether or not the preacher stops and shakes their hand and says hi to them. And I really do try to do that, but it doesn't always work, especially two minutes before class when everybody's seated. I have had people on Sunday night when the crowd's a little bit thinner and I've walked up to that person and shook their hand. I have had them look at me with disdain and say, you walked right by me this morning. And, you know, I try to laugh it off or maybe apologize. Sometimes it's just easier to apologize. But I think what I want to start doing is handing out Hanlon's razor cards. Never attribute to malice that which is more easily explained by ignorance or stupidity or busyness or distraction, all of which describe me on a Sunday morning. The examples of this are endless. As soon as I memorize the razor, and shared it with my wife and kids, we started noticing it all over the place. The other day, my son, he's got a couple of buddies, and he found out that one of those buddies took another buddy to town, took him out to dinner, didn't call Luke. Well, he walked out of his room, pretty sure that there was a grand conspiracy in place, and those two guys are now officially jerks. Well, we'd just been talking about this, so we mentioned the razor, And I said, you know, what are some other possibilities here? Like, are there any other possibilities besides they now hate you and don't ever want to see you again? And he was like, well, maybe. I said, well, tell me about that. Well, you know, one of them's been going through a tough time, and he did tell him he would take him out one day, and oh, okay, all right. So it turns out it's really not about you at all, and in fact, you probably are glad that they've gone and done that for their sake, and it doesn't in any way negatively affect your relationship. And he agreed with that, and of course, it all worked out. Now, you might be thinking, hey, you know what? I do feel that way a lot, but it usually works out. But that's my point. Stop feeling like that. Stop taking things in that way. Every look, every word, every activity, because you're just adding unnecessary stress to your life internally on your own, damaging a little bit those relationships, and then ultimately finding out it was unnecessary. Now, you might be thinking, Hey, sometimes people did mean malice. Sometimes when they said something to me, they were trying to be hateful. Sometimes they were expressing that there was a problem. And that's true. It's not usually true, but sometimes it is. But I'm just going to tell you what I've done here, and I can't put gospel behind this. I just, I'm going to walk you through in this last minute or two the way I'm living my life right now. It took a while, it took some training a lot of self-talk. But I have determined that if we have a problem, you're going to have to be very plain with me about that. Anything passive-aggressive, anything slightly subversive, 
I'm going to assume that you are ignorant or I'm ignorant or something of no consequence is happening. Now, if you want to come to me and say, Chris, I have a problem with you, which happens. People do come to the office and say that. Well, now I'm ready to say, is it me? Now I'm ready to dig into it, find out my part in it, see if I can make it better. But just know, if you're listening and you're a friend of Chris Emerson, subtleties are not going to get it done. Passive aggressive behavior, I'm just going to write off. I'm going to say, hey, that guy's having a bad day. Or maybe I need to do something to encourage that guy. Instead of perceiving it as malice, maybe I'll perceive it that you need an education. Hey, I should go share some things with him. Now, if you're mad at me, that's really going to aggravate you. So if you're mad at me, just come tell me. Say, hey, I don't like what you're doing. We'll work it out. I'll own it. Let's go. But I can't live my life every day assuming the worst during casual interactions. As we close this, let me bring one particular Bible verse into view. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 18, the Bible says this, If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. I like that. But what I want you thinking about today is that there are two sides to that. One side of making peace with people is being a peaceable person, saying kind things, guarding your tongue, not being someone who spreads malice, and maybe making sure that you aren't acting in ignorance either. So you have a part in that when you vocally or visually interact with others. But remember, more of it is about how you are interpreting the messaging that's being packaged up by people around you. Verbal signs, nonverbal signs, activities. Just remember, they may not have peace in their life, but it doesn't mean they don't want peace with you. So don't interpret everything that they do as a breakdown of your relationship. It just rarely is. Instead, find more peace in your life and more hope in relationships by memorizing Hanlon's Razor. Thank you so much for listening today. We encourage you to check out the website, excelstillmore.life, where you can subscribe to emails, order the three-month journal, or check out past episodes. As always, please consider sharing this with people in your life who you think we can help. And whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.